Hey guys, what's up? It's Greg. Here is a, it's not another episode of Find Your Film. This is a I don't even know. I think we used to call it Hodgepod or whatnot, but now thanks to Eric Holmes, there's going to be a lot more interviews on our Find Your Film podcast down the road when he finds the time. Bruce Perky will be doing interviews as well. I'm I'm putting that idea into his head because when we started movie mainline and then find your film, Bruce Perky was doing a bunch of interviews. Eventually he may find the time as well to interview filmmakers and actors just like Eric does right now he's working a full-time gig out of his domicile and that gives him a lot of just just because of the whole situation of working at home he can actually do a lot of these zoom interviews at home during the day when he has a little bit of break a little bit of break from his daily job which is great for the movie coverage for find your film and cinematics as well okay now i I am, I apologize because today I am recording this podcast on Halloween, aka Huluween. There's Huluween, Hulu has a whole new series called Bite Size Halloween. They're currently in its third season for the promotion of the third season about several weeks ago. Eric Holmes interviewed about, wow, it seems to, probably 15 to 20 filmmakers behind these indie projects, these short films from Bite Size Halloween. If you don't know what they are, they're basically shorts, short shorts centering around horror themed material and it's bite-sized Halloween to celebrate the holiday of Halloween as well as the the wonders of horror thrillers. So you're getting bite-sized shorts from these very promising filmmakers. The interviews themselves, however, are not bite-sized because Eric Holmes really worked it several weeks ago. And he, I can't, for this, for the purposes of this podcast, I'm not going to cram in three or four hours of Eric Holmes' interviews for, with an each installment, but maybe I might do it piecemeal. So look, bite-sized Halloween, the good thing, it's even though past Halloween, these shorts are going to be worth your time watching them. I, I think the, the, the two, the two shorts for this installment is, Nian, and also another short called Bad Rabbit. I've seen both shorts, really love both of them. I'm going to talk about them in a second before we get to Eric Holmes's interviews. Now, first of all, Nian, directed and penned by Michelle Kruziak. Fantastic short. It's, I think, almost seven minutes, like six minute plus, And it centers on this young Asian girl who talks about a a creature called the Nian. It's a Chinese myth or folk legend of, of monster who would come into, I guess, from down the mountain or the hill and would eat bad children. And as a Chinese girl is saying this, and during a show-and-tell segment in her in her class, she actually brings a mask, her family tradition mask. There is a bully in class, uh, another girl in class, her classmate, who actually makes the puts both of her fingers towards the end of her eyes and she makes, makes the Chinese slant-eyed face, which obviously, if you're Asian or a human being, it you will find very offensive. So that classmate does that to her, the young girl, while she's actually doing the show and tell with a mask. Ultimately, you realize that maybe the show and tell regarding the mask, maybe there is the Nian might be not just a tale or a folklorish tale. It might be a real dream come to life. So that's the first short. Okay. And I really enjoyed it. Also, I actually want both of these shorts to be, hopefully, I don't know if Kruziak is actually thinking about this, but this would actually make a great feature-length film as far as the the the, um, the legend of the Nian and what it can do and how it eats bad children. It would be really interesting. The short itself has really great atmospheric intensity, for, and it's really shot well, and I like the pacing, and it ends on a very comedic note 
which is really cool. It's sort of a comedy horror, but mainly horror. There's some really light moments and a very memorable a, a very memorable line in this movie that Eric Holmes actually says during the interview with Kruzek. Now, before I get to Rebecca Johnson and Bad Rabbit, wanted to also mention that she Kruzek is also an actress. She starred she played Anna Mae Wong, actress Anna Mae Wong in the I think it's a miniseries called Hollywood. And it came out a couple of years ago. I still, I think it was co-created by Ryan Murphy. Still haven't seen it as of yet, but I'm really interested in seeing that. And also, Kruzek was also a co-star in a horror film that was released earlier this year in 2022 called They Live in the Gray. I think it might be streaming in Shudder. So these are other things. If you're interested in Nian regarding her as a filmmaker, you might want to check out her work as Anime Wong. In the period, in the period piece Hollywood, as well as the Shutter release, I think it's Shutter AMC release. They live in the gray. I have not checked out either of them yet. I will probably check out Hollywood first because Anime Wong is a very is a special actress for me that I need to research more of. Several years back, I saw her in this movie called Shanghai Express, co-starring Marlena Dietrich. I believe was it Joseph von Sternberg, who was a director. If you haven't seen Shanghai Express, it's one of the most beautifully shot movies in black and white. In, and of course, Marlene Dietrich is amazing. But the big takeaway from Shanghai Express, when I saw that years ago over on Hollywood Boulevard for the TCM Classic Film Festival, was Anime Wong pretty much, in many ways, stole the show for me because I never knew, I, I never had heard of her before. And she lights up the screen with her performance as pretty much the right-hand woman of Marlena Dietrich in Shanghai Express. Yeah, exactly. This is a, that's a Shang, Shanghai Express is a very influential movie, especially if you're a cinephile. If you haven't seen any of the work with Joseph von Sternberg, the filmmaker, and Marlena Dietrich, I believe Shanghai Express is a great way to start off with. Okay, so definitely Hollywood. Don't know about They Live in the Grave. Should be interesting, especially she's not the director behind that. She's one of the co-stars. But hopefully at the end of the interview, she talks about how she wants to, might be, uh, horror might be her forte as a filmmaker. And I believe Nian is a good calling card for her if she ever wants to direct a horror film from her own script or maybe someone else's script as well. So anyways, it's a really good interview from Eric Holmes. Secondly, Bad Rabbit. Saw this one a couple of weeks ago. Really liked it as well. Both of these shorts are family dramas in, in a certain way. This version, Bad Rabbit, centers on a very meek, timid, sensitive woman who whose mother is a little bit domineering. She's an elderly woman who just loves to nag her daughter and she's overbearing. And they're, they're, basically, there's a bad rabbit within the mix. A bad rabbit who either is the, the conscience of the younger woman or the daughter, or maybe a real person. Is Bad Rabbit real like the Nian or not? You're going to find that out in the short for Bad Rabbit. You might know Rebecca Johnson as well for her work in Glow. So these are the two interviews. First of all, filmmaker Michelle Kruziak for Nian. And secondly, you're going to get a Bad Rabbit interview with co-director Rebecca Johnson. Co-director Kate Nash was not there. It's Eric just got, um, he just got Rebecca Johnson for that those interviews. Okay. So these are the two interviews. Enjoy it. Also regarding lastly, find your film podcast feed. We do weekly movie reviews and recommendations, me, Eric and Bruce. And what's great now is Eric is really on board with doing these interviews. And it's just great having another voice and approach to the interviewing process. And so we'd love to hear what you think about these interviews from Eric and yeah, email me or email Eric Holmes at hamslime at gmail.com. And if you want to comment on his 
on his interviews and what he's been covering as well. So that is wonderful. We will be here this week for another episode of Find Your Film, as well as we're doing a preview of Cinematics. The Cinematics and Find Your Film Worlds, these podcasts, I had another website called findyourfilms.com, and I will post on that website periodically. But I talked to Anderson Cowan and Bruce Perky and Eric Holmes a couple of days ago via email and, and messaging. We're gonna put we're gonna house a lot of the our podcast material and coverage on my site, Deepest Dream, deepestdream.com. So if you want more arts and entertainment information, movie coverage, go to deepestdream.com. My buddies, all of these guys were all they're all going to get a slice of the pie. I'm looking at this deepestdream.com site as a catch-all site for not just movie coverage, TV coverage, music coverage and gaming coverage as well. A lot of I have a lot of plans for the site and it just makes a lot more sense to do a lot more podcast movie coverage from Find Your Film and Cinematics on deepestdream.com. I'll also be housing a lot more giveaways there, just a lot of stuff down the pike. What I need to do though is I need to get these interviews out in a very timely fashion. And this is very untimely because as I'm speaking this, a lot of you are probably dressing up to get candy for you and your loved ones or your most importantly you're going out with your, your children or your nieces and nephews for, to celebrate Halloween. Now, once you get back, or if you're back already from celebrating, I would suggest check out Bite Size Halloween to celebrate Huluween on Hulu. Uh, if you're a subscriber of Hulu, here's a good thing, though. Bad Rap and, and Nian are both good shorts. Eric Holmes loved all of the shorts. He said all of them are bangers. But if you are not a subscriber to Hulu, you can actually watch Nian on YouTube, and I will Put that in the show notes where you can watch Nian, okay? So love both Nian and Bad Rabbit. Tell us what you think of both of these shorts. And thanks again. Happy Halloween. Bye, guys. So I'm here with uh, Michelle Krusek. Uh, thank you for coming on. And you did the uh, short for Bite Size Halloween Yan. And yes. I'm a fan of like uh, of a lot of the cryptids and mythological creatures and Nyan, I was a little bit familiar with, but what I'm aware of, your version of this seemed a little different than what I'm uh, familiar with, I guess. Uh, it seemed like with the, with the tongue thing, it seemed uh, more like a Mononongle kind of. It uh, had a more horrific uh, kind of, I guess, uh, attributes that I'm used to. I, I guess, what's your uh, background with uh, Nyan and uh, what brought you to this story? And more importantly, what brought you to Bite Size Halloween to begin with? Yeah. Uh, well, the origin of my my jumping off point as a writer was that my son came home from um, kindergarten with this Chinese story about the Nyan and he goes to a Chinese language program. And so he had to learn the story. And so when I watched it, it was about the, about how and why Chinese New Year is celebrated the way it is. Being that we make fireworks and we make loud noises and we paper our house in red. And all of it is done to keep away evil and the nian. And the nian is this monster that comes down and eats villagers. Um, now that story, um, I've seen that particular monster drawn mostly as a kid's animated creature. You know, it doesn't look very scary, pretty friendly looking actually. And, um, you know, for Chinese horror, which is kind of non-existent because in, in China you have censorship laws, you can't make Chinese horror as a filmmaker, at least not legally. Mm. Uh, so you can't, it's very hard for me as a filmmaker on the Western side to really research Chinese horror. So for me, I had to really envision 
in this genre of delivering a more modern retelling of the Nian, how was I going to create the Nian, not in a childlike way, but more for a, an, an adult and Western audience? Um, given that there's also the limitation of budget, uh, how could I also do that practically speaking? And so I chose to do it in a very theatrical way, which was in camera and using very limited visual effects. Um, and for me, I think your last question was, how did I come to Bite Size Halloween? Yeah. The, 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 how did they approach you or did you have the short already to go or did they come at you and it's like, oh, I'm going to pull out this story. This seems like a good one. Or uh, that, yeah. how, how did that develop? Yeah. So Elizabeth Gelly, who is, um, and I hope I'm saying her last name correctly. Um, she is from 20th Digital. She came to my uh, my graduation showcase as part of AFI directing workshop for women. And she saw my short that I made in that program. And she invited me to come in and pitch for 20th Digital. Uh, so I came up with four ideas, I believe. And one of them was the Nian. And that's the one they gravitate towards. And for me, the idea of Nian was to not only draw upon the myth and create the idea of what's how to use this as an origin piece for the Nian, but it was also an opportunity for me to visually create some of the things that I'm drawn to, um, which is the idea of like, uh, you know, horror. What I, what I like is when horror is also beautiful, you know, like Bram Stoker's Dracula and when Francis Ford Coppola did it, you know, um, to me, when horror is also beautiful in a theatrical way, that for me kind of, pulls in some of my background of having come from theater and also my love for Butoh. Butoh is a Japanese dance form that I've always been drawn to. And it, it, you know, when I thought about how I could create the Nyan creature using a human, I thought about the things that scare me. And what always scares me is when it's believable and, and very real feeling. And so this short allowed me to pull in all those ideas. Also, um, you have a lot of, uh, I wouldn't call this short funny because it's pretty horrifying through most of it, but it is undercover funny through a lot of it. And you're no stranger to comedy. Obviously, I've seen uh, some of your uh, uh, solo solo act. Um, I, I would just call it stand up. Uh, it's, a, it's a lot like a John Leguizamo's one man show, uh, similar yes. to that. And uh, the uh, mom character in this uh it seems very similar to your portrayal of your own mom in your in your solo act. Yeah. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, I was I was kind of struggling with this moment where the where the granddaughter says, "What are you supposed to say when a race when someone tells you to go back to your own country?" And originally, I was you know I had her throwing a rock. <laughs> I had her, I had her saying you know, fuck you, bitch, you know, and nothing really landed, you know, and I, I, I couldn't quite, and I was, I was actually surveying my Asian friends. What do you say when someone says that to you? <laughs> and people would ham and haw. And I could, felt like I was approaching it the wrong way. I was approaching it in a very intellectual way. Like what's the right thing to say? Well, there is no right thing to say because what they're saying isn't right either. So I, I, I realized like, well, what would my mom say? You know? And that's when I was like, oh, well, this is what she would say. And I realized that the short is about irreverence. It's about allowing my community the permission to be irreverent and to, to take those moments and, and, and take the wind out of those moments because the ability to say that to someone and to rob them of a voice is very powerful. So you have to meet that kind of behavior with its own irreverent behavior, irreverent behavior. So that was for me, the theme throughout, 
throughout the whole piece was how can I be irreverent in all of this? Well, you said there's no right thing to say. I think uh, I think her character is the, <laughs> did say the right thing. Oh, so if she said that, I'm like, when's that t-shirt coming out? I want three of them. <laughs> yeah. I'm hoping for a meme. Can you help me? Can you meme yeah. that, Eric? Yeah, let's make uh, Eat My Pussy Racist t-shirts. <laughs> yes. Um, another kind of undercover funny, and maybe I'm looking into this too much, but there's a part where, uh, the, uh, the racist girl is, uh, chasing down the, the main character and she's going through the bathroom stalls and she gets a wand and it doesn't say out of order. It says, do not use. And she opens it up and there's a history, American history book, textbook, probably a foot higher than it needs to be. <laughs> um, which, uh, you know, growing up, uh, growing up in America and then learning about stuff and realizing how much, uh, crap they shoveled down our throats as kids. I, I thought that was a great jab at that. I don't know if that was intentional. It almost had to be, but I, I thought that was really brilliant. You know, Eric, I'm going to hand it to you. The American history book was intentional, of course, but now that you mention it, um, I think that was uh, an accident. The do not use was it's was was meant to be there, but the do not use American history that for me is like oh I didn't I wasn't actually intending it, for it. This. It could have said out of order. It could that's have said right. broken. It could have said any number of things. It said please do not use. I'm like oh that's brilliant. <laughs> that you get that. Thank you, Eric Holmes, for bringing that to life. <laughs> Sometimes the universe works on your behalf without you realizing it. And I think that was one of those moments. So um, do you, uh, back to your uh, standup, do you do that a lot still? Or, um, cause I mean, you're kind of a, you're kind of a Renaissance woman really uh, between the filmmaking, the standup uh, says that you've done work for, um, uh, you know, sexually abused uh, victims and domestic violence victims. I, do a little bit of everything how do how do you find time for all that and uh what 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 do you have the most passion for of all that i think because i came up as an actor um i, I came up as an actor and, and as a writer I, I i wrote from a very early age and i had no i had no childhood so i read a lot of books and you know when you come from a working class family you can't go to any like after school programs so I always wrote and, and um, you know, imagined and acting was um, a way for me to, to to get some visibility in my life when I was a kid, you know, coming from a DV household. Um, and, you know, the 30 years that have passed since I began and I started when I was 11, I've learned a few things about the world because acting requires you to put yourself in the shoes of other people and and when it comes to stories, you have to be able to understand every facet of a story. And so um, now as a director, I think I've just naturally taken on everything I've learned because I, I've had to as a as an actor. And I always saw acting as a as a means of being an artist and everything that I've I've thrown myself in. You know, sometimes I threw myself into things because I just needed to stave off the fact that I was unemployed and needed to keep my artistic brain working um, but a lot of it oftentimes was that um, growing up from a DV household, you you deal with a certain kind of nervous system. And when I would be on sets, if I ever came into conflict with something that was triggering, and that's usually like experiences of authority and, and fear of, of failure, 
um, because I had a very high, strong nervous system, I would always try and figure out how to work with that. And believe it or not, you know, stand-up comedy is the best way to deal with a high nervous system where you have high expectations on, on how to perform. And it really puts you in the deep water of what happens when you're on stage and you're trying to deliver material that's supposed to be funny and your nervous system is working against you. So that's kind of why I did it as a performer, but I also did it because it just makes you a better writer when you can write your own material. So, you know, when you put all those things into the mixed bag, that's what makes a really great director. And I think at a certain point I was able to say, I do have something to say. I'm not just coming to directing because I, I, it's in, it's in response to, um, any other, any other movement that's happening in my life. I really was very deliberate about that process. Also, um, the, uh, uh, let's see what her character's name is, uh, Tammy, the, the, the racist girl in this, uh, she's got, she's got to do some incredibly racist things in this. And I'm assuming the actor's not that person at all, but I, that's got to be uncomfortable for someone that's not that way to play that character. How do you do that on set? Um, I, I, I guess the best example of some, something like that would be a actor in a Quentin Tarantino movie that's doing something like that. It's like, Oh, I don't, uh, I mean, I read the script. I knew what time it was, but this is really tough. I, how, how do you approach that uh, when shooting it? Yeah, it's a great, directing question because I did come up with um I did I did have an experience with a with a previous actor who when it came time to do some hard hard work um I think there was my realization when I looked into her eyes it, it was a lot of fear and that she may not she wanted to do the work but could not do the work um because there has to be a willingness to really be ugly when you're an actor, you know, just show, show parts of humanity that, that aren't acceptable and socially, socially tolerable. And uh, with Ava, the minute I saw any hesitation, I was sure to get in a conversation with her and just ask her because she is not this character at all. And um, because she's not this character, <laughs> I was a little bit concerned that maybe it would be very hard for her, that maybe she willingly wanted to do it, but emotionally couldn't handle it. So I was very, very certain to have private conversations with her, even after she was cast to say, hey, listen, I understand what you're taking on. It is completely okay for you to tell me that this is not right for you. And so we kept tabs on that conversation. And she was very much... Um, you know, candid with me and saying that she, she was willing to do it and wasn't afraid. And she really wanted to, she was really behind the meaningfulness of what the story was trying to tell and that she could play her part in order to execute that full vision. Yeah. And uh, again, there's, uh, there's so much, uh, the, the workshop you do and the, and all the, uh, uh, you know, um, you know, victim relief and stuff that, that you work on, uh, uh God, we could go on for this forever. <laughs> we only got so much time. Um, I, I guess I'll just go with the simple one. It, it looks like uh, you got a, a, a sh another short coming out called Bite. Yes, Bite is the short that um, that Twentieth Digital saw originally that that prompted them to invite me to pitch. So that one is just starting its festival circuit. 
Um, it was released. Uh, we just finished it this past March. So I haven't, you know, I haven't gotten, I've, I've gotten definitely rejection letters. <laughs> so I'm waiting for my festival acceptance letter. Um, but it's the kind of, it's the kind of movie that also has to find its, its niche. And so I'm really grateful that I, I went from one project right into, right into Nian and to four bites. It's just entering the, the festival circuit now. Yeah. What, what's uh what, what's the story with that like where uh uh how do you approach that differently than you approach Nian? well Nian is definitely a horror and bite kind of fell between a drama and a bit of a psychological thriller so i think because it it falls a little bit in an in-between category it has to find its right audience i think i intended it to be um more of a straight drama but I think it ended up being a little bit more of a psychological thriller, which is kind of, you know, just me in the edit room trying to figure out, you know, what, what, um, you know, the footage I have, we shot during the pandemic and it was a really tough shoot. Um, but, you know, I'm always, I'm always very ambitious with what I'm trying to create. And I think for me now in hindsight, you know, with, with a short like that, you have to know uh, just because I'm also new to the festival circuit as a director, you also have to know what festivals are right and where to, where to submit it because not every festival is, is right for something like that. So I feel like that one um, is, is trying to find its home. And I think with Nian, uh, you know, it's very, very, I very, I very clearly set it out, set out to make a horror. Yeah. And also, is there a, uh, um, with your, uh, your solo show, I've seen bits and pieces of it on YouTube. Is that, is the entire thing available anywhere? It isn't. So whenever someone tells me they've seen it, I'm always like, where, because, um, because I, it is not available. I, there's always been an intention of mine to return to it, to, um, make it into a feature. Uh, so for me, releasing the material online has always been, I've always been a little bit torn as to, you know, how much I should release, um, but it, at the moment it still exists mostly as a stage piece. And at some point in my directing career, I think I will, I will adapt it. Yeah. Um, but definitely as you recognized, I'm, I'm still sourcing, you know, those characters into my work today. Yeah. When, when you do that and I'll end on this, uh, when, when you do that, um, do you memorize that word for word or do you kind of have the do you kind of have the the broad strokes and kind of uh is there a lot of jazz when you're on stage where you're kind of uh coming up with it on the spot in in a certain manner of speaking i suppose for me for the solo show it's been written um the jazz is more how i work with the audience in terms of rhythms and timing but in terms of um you know like uh, when i'm writing when i'm writing uh something that's more more of a stand up i think that's where i do more jazz but for a solo show I, it's definitely more of a scripted material yeah well um michelle uh thank you for coming on and this was uh i mean look at the all, all these shorts on this bite-sized Halloween thing are, they've all been bangers so far and this one's no different and uh, congratulations on it. And I look forward to seeing what else you got in the future. Thank Hopefully so more stand-up. Hopefully more stand-up. You know, I, I would love to, I would love to. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, I definitely have some material about um, giving birth. That is pretty, it, it, um, I, I, I did some stand-up about giving birth and I think the women in the front row who were in their twenties, we're so horrified <laughs> by my material, but I guess that just means that, you know, I really love, maybe I'm just meant for dark horror comedies. 
Yeah. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Dark horror comedies are great. <laughs> right. Thanks, Eric. All right. Thank you, Michelle. I'm Eric, and I'm here with uh, Rebecca Johnson. Hello, Rebecca. Thanks for joining Hi. me today. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. I love your backdrop. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a bite-sized <laughs> backdrop. But I, I know. I, I guess I, like I should have done that. I just have my my office backdrop, but, yeah. you know. <laughs> well, um, so on this uh, bite-sized Halloween, um, you did you and Kate Nash did one called Bad Rabbit, and um, I guess my first question, because um, I'm, I'm doing a bunch of these, but you're the first one, so I'll ask you: uh, Was it the short that started and then added into the bite-sized Halloween, or did they approach you and say, "Hey, do a short. Here's the parameters, and go." Yeah, it's more the second. They were like, hey, do a short. Um, <laughs> here's the parameters. Go. Uh, they're very aggressive. Uh, no, they. <laughs> Kate and I made a horror short that premiered at South by Southwest this year called Wild Bitch. And they saw it and they approached us and they asked if we would like to pitch them a couple of ideas. And we were absolutely delighted because Kate and I both were huge fans of the series before. So it was like the most exciting email to get. And um, yeah, they asked us to pitch a few ideas and we kicked around some ideas that we sort of had previously and, and they selected bad rabbit and then we went into full production and and got to make it so it was incredible and then now the fact that it's on hulu i'm like oh my god everyone's watching it people from high school are watching it (laughs) (laughs) they're seeing how crazy i am they already knew so what what i guess uh what got you into directing because i I saw that both you and kate uh are in glow which i I was a huge fan of and sad to see it go but you know that's that's netflix for you i guess you get into something and they're like done out of here yeah they're like see you later but uh I, i saw that uh you've done uh the other short that you mentioned with Kate Nash and you've done a bunch more and uh, maybe we'll talk about this later, but it looks like you got a feature film coming out and maybe I'll step aside and let you talk about that one. <laughs> nice. Thank you. Nice segue. Um, yeah. I, I started doing comedy. I was an improviser and sketch comedian. And um, so I started doing comedy and when you're doing improv, you're sort of doing everything. You're, writing and directing and editing and acting and all at once on stage. And so then I sort of translated that into the real world. And um, I was doing all like writing, acting, directing and producing sort of as my four jobs that sort of came together for a long time. And Glow was an incredible opportunity because I got to meet Kate and so many people and and work on an incredible TV show. But that was sort of like a long job. And, and when that ended, I sort of went back to what I was doing before and started writing and developing things and um, directing again. And so it was fun. Kate and I collaborating, writing together, getting to direct together was really exciting because we have a similar sensibility and we sort of share a sense of tone and a sense of humor. And she's directed um, a bunch of her own music videos and a couple of other people's music videos. So it was a fun thing to sort of bring us together on this horror, in this horror genre, because I've directed a lot of comedy. She directed a lot of music, but um, she's a huge horror fan. So it was a, a cool way to sort of come together and 
take the reins of, of our career and, and just be able to like really lead this project. It was exciting. How did the two of you split? Uh, okay. Splitting writing. I, I can kind of see that. Um, but how do the two of you split directing duties? Um, just like, and, and, and you're both on screen pretty much uh, the whole time. So how, how does that work? So we sort of collaborated um, on every element. We created mood boards. We used Shot Deck and Pinterest and, you know, just created mood boards for like what we wanted. And actually like, we just are fans of a lot of the same stuff in terms of tonally. So we, uh, Kate would send me off to watch certain horror films to get inspired. Cause I'm, I always am so scared. And so she's watched all of them. So she'd be like, okay, watch this one. Or she'd so- show me clips from, you know, uh, certain ones that she wanted to reference or with comedies, I'll be like, okay, watch this. Like, let's look at this. Let's talk and talking about, you know, drop dead Fred or Beetlejuice or like other things that we're inspired by. So we collaborated on everything. We planned it all out. We also worked with our incredible DP Kelsey Telton to, shot list together we talked through every single thing and then our producer Lauren Bancroft also I've worked with her for many years so us being on screen um we sort of had Kelsey's eyes or Lauren's eyes sort of making sure that we were getting what we wanted because we had kind of communicated that ahead of time and then we'd watch playback on like certain things um and it's not even as much as we we don't really like split things up we just do it everything together because we um really value each other's opinion and trust each other and we're sort of better together when it comes to our projects and um so yeah the the main thing that we sort of split is like when she goes off and does the music I might give her some sense of tone or or um, emotion but she really goes off and does it and then I give a little bit of notes but in terms of the actual practical directing um it's all collaborative and with writing we sort of go back and forth and then usually I'll write up an outline and then she edits it and then I'll write up the first draft and then we go back and forth with that so we just have a really collaborative way of working and one person if if she's working a lot I'll take on extra energy for the project or if I'm working a lot she'll take on extra energy for the project so we we just collaborate really well awesome also uh you and Kate obviously have a uh uh great chemistry in this very strange short that uh you presented to us um but uh Melinda Decay I her character is just insufferable in this I'm assuming she's not like that in real life uh where where did you find where did you find this gem at (laughs) Oh, so, oh my God, we're so lucky to have Melinda. Cause you know, we write this character of mother and then you're like, who's going to play it? Like, we don't know someone who could play that. Um, and so I brought on my friend, Chrissy Fiorelli Ellington to cast it. And she's an amazing casting director. And she sent um, 20 wi- women, like she sent us their headshots and actually an audition for a, another movie she was casting where it was like kind of a nasty older lady. And so I watched all those auditions and and we picked kind of, I picked sort of like five of them, sent them to Kate. Kate was like, it's Melinda. And I was like, I agree. And we reached out to her and, and, and she accepted. We were so lucky. She was so excited because it's not often you get to sort of be the lead of a, a film and she 
was incredible. Like she wrote an essay about her character, like character bio. She like came so prepared, asked us a million questions about, she's like, what do you think happened between me and Elspeth's dad? And like, I was like, I hadn't thought about that. You know, like she asked like so many character bio questions, but it really informed who she was. She became a real person, not just like some sort of evil witch. Um, So she was, and she's an amazing actress and yeah, super sweet. And I was kind of like, oh my God, she's saying all our crazy things, but it was perfect. Exactly what we pictured. Exactly what we pictured. Awesome. Have you got a chance to watch any of the other shorts that's on the Bite Size Halloween yet? I haven't watched them yet, but I'm going to have like a binge, uh, a binge yeah. tonight and like try to get through them all. <laughs> yeah. That, that, I'm kind of doing the same thing, uh, preparing for these, but, uh, this was a really great short, and I look forward to seeing more from you. Uh, specifically, I guess step aside. Uh, when is there any uh, release date for that, or when can we expect to see that? I don't know when it'll be released. It's a it's a dance comedy, kind of like Dance Moms meets Best in Show, starring Arden Marine. It's hilarious, and I was so lucky to be able to, to not only write but direct this feature this summer. And uh, Kate and I are hoping to either turn this into a feature and make more horror and comedy features. So um, I just want to make all people laugh and and scared for the rest of my life. So hopefully, I'll get to do that on film and not in real life. Well, I, I wasn't even thinking of Bad Rabbit as a feature, but now you say that, you put that Picture in my brain. It. Now that has to happen. Picture it. <laughs> oh, I picture it in all my nightmares. But it'll be... <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, th- thanks for coming on. And uh, hopefully when uh, Step Aside comes out, I'll be able to talk to you again. And uh, I can't wait to see that. And congratulations on a on an awesome short. Congratulations on... Uh, glow uh short-lived as that was and yeah doing good work and i'm a fan thank you thank you so much nice to meet you